This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. The impact on your mental health, on your physical health, on your future health, on your ability to have not only live longer, but live a better life, live a fuller life, live the life you actually want to live. Sleep has the most impact on all of those desires. Getting a good full night's sleep is, for me, the most important part of a a lifestyle focused on good health, well-being and longevity. But why, for many of us, is it so difficult to achieve? And how could rest help us? Rest being radar-enabled sensing technology. It's like having a sleep coach in your bedroom with you as you're overnight. So if you're struggling to sleep, you have someone there who's kind of guiding you and helping you to fall back to sleep. Hello again and welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. This episode is brought to you in association with Full Sleep, a program that helps people reimagine their long-term relationship with sleep, incorporating a non-wearable bedside tracker and CBTI, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy for Insomnia. There's already a lot to unpack there, lots of acronyms too. So I'm pleased to say we have two guests to explain these acronyms in plain English, hopefully joining us from the Silicon Valley startup Coco Labs, which is behind Full Sleep. Rosaria Menino is the company's chief product officer and Luca Rigazio is the vice president of AI, artificial intelligence with Coco Labs. Welcome to you both. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hi, thank you. Very good to talk to you. I want to go just to start with to the heart of the matter and maybe get a sense from both of you what it means to get a good night's sleep. Rosaria. Yes. Oh, man. So what's interesting is I have in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever really struggled that much with sleep. I've been one of the lucky ones, but I have a partner now of seven years who struggles almost nightly with with good sleep. And so it's something that I have, I became even more aware of and even more attuned to over the past kind of seven years to really see the the struggle and the challenge of not getting a good night's sleep. And so for me, it's really, it's interesting because it's less about the sleep itself and it's really more about the feeling you get the next day. So being able to feel like you're your best self, being able to be alert and awake and you know seize the day as, as cheesy as that might sound and seeing my partner struggle with it and realizing that it's not something that, that everyone really can, you know, it's it's something that, that people do struggle with. That's exactly my point as well. And I don't think it's cheesy at all to frame it like that. I always say if I don't get a good night's sleep, there's nothing in the next day that will really go well. You might be focused on your diet, you might be focused on your exercise regime, but you won't do them as well without that good night's sleep before. Luca? I agree. I'm the grumpiest person when I don't sleep well. I typically sleep very well. And the few times I don't sleep well, Mostly because I overwork maybe or um, yeah, if I'm stressed out, then the day after I'm super grumpy. And uh, also I like to ride my bicycle and I ride really slow the day after, which is not cool. So yeah, I'd rather sleep well than not. 
And I think you've perhaps identified some of the reasons why you don't sleep well. But is there, look at any one thing that you think, uh, maybe your current role, of course, with this company has um, redefined your thinking in terms of, of sleep. But previously, was there something that you knew you weren't getting right, but you couldn't fix? Well, in my previous life, I, I used to travel a lot to Asia. So I guess yeah, it was more like travel related, not just the jet lag, but also, you know, the changes in uh, routine and diets that go with that. So, you know, typically those transitions were a little bit hard. But in general, these days, it has to do with um, lifestyle and, and stress. And, uh, and, you know, they're also part of our programs that address that. I feel that many people might have similar issues. And when it hits you, if you cannot go back to your normal routine, then then you really feel it. You know, it really affects you. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about you both individually. Luca, you just mentioned in your previous role, you did a lot of traveling. I'm curious, just tell me a little bit about your career and what's brought you to this point in terms of what you do with this company. Basically, I just do AI. I always wanted to do AI, artificial intelligence, even before when it became the cool thing to do. Now, now everybody that, um, that really wants to do cool tech wants to be associated with AI. But I started one of the first deep learning groups in the Silicon Valley in 2014, but I was doing AI even before it was cool. So what's cool about uh, Coco Labs uh, is really the fact that we are combining, um, really bleeding edge technology, uh, both at the hardware level and uh, at the AI level with uh, really a passion for helping our customers and uh, and trying to solve a, a complex problem in a, in a creative way. So this blend of like uh, bleeding edge technology, bleeding edge AI, bleeding edge hardware and uh, and the dedication to to solve real problem to me is very inspiring. So yeah, that that's why that's why I'm here. And Rosario, I know the two of you have very different backgrounds, which is probably a, a huge plus for the company, bringing together different skills. Just tell me a little bit about your experience and uh, your obvious passion for what you do now. Yeah, so I, uh, unlike Luca, I didn't, I wasn't passionate about AI to start. For me, the passion was really about human behavior, human psychology. It's something that since I was young, I was always really, really curious about. Uh, it led me to to my studies in economics. It then led me to several roles at different companies to focus on human design, human centered design. So I kind of I, I spent a, a good chunk of my my career studying and working in and around the field of human centered design. Um, and so for me, that human psychology, that kind of behavior change, uh, is an area of, of real interest for mine and real kind of curiosity. I I my own guinea pig. I have my bookshelf is full of self help books. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, and different books to read about why we think, why we, we think the way we do, why we act the way we do. And so I got connected to Coco, um, a few years ago. And for me, it was this really great marriage of human psychology, thinking about how you help people change their behavior, which is one of the most challenging things for us to do in life, combined with working on a product and a space that was around older adults, was around aging, was around trying to solve a real problem. 
I've spent a lot of time in tech and getting a, gotten a little fed up with the products that are out there and services that are out there are just nice to have, in my opinion. You know, I love getting things in two days or next day or same day with, with Amazon, for example. But for me, I got really excited about being part of a team that was trying to solve, as Luca mentioned, like a real salient problem. Um, how do you help people sleep better? How do you help people make the most out of their day? How do you help people who really do struggle with sleep? We are focused in designing a product not for people that are curious about their sleep or, you know, would would like to maybe measure it. There's a lot of products out there for that. For us, we're really designing something that we believe will help people fix their sleep for people who really, really do struggle with chronic insomnia, with chronic sleep problems. And so for me, this this role is, is, and this team is this great combination of that human psychology um, and that, that mission and that passion around trying to solve a real problem for people. I think what's particularly exciting, you mentioned self-experimentation. I talk to a lot of people on this podcast who are one-person experiments. And yes. you know, there's nothing, as we all understand, there's nothing particularly scientific about that. There's oftentimes no control group because you are your own control. But equally, it's exciting to do, isn't it? Because you can see in real time an anecdotal evidence for something, whether it's sleep or some other intervention in your lifestyle can be very powerful. Yeah, I this is a ta- slight tangent, I hope you don't mind, but for me it's it's been in the past few years it's really been meditation and mindfulness. And so I've tried to incorporate a, a practice around daily meditation, you know, daily gratitude journaling, things like that, and that's something that I have I have witnessed and experienced the change that that has made in terms of in terms of my life, in terms of my mindset, in terms of, you know, anxiety levels, things like that. And so that, yeah, that, that's just an example. And I think when we, when we think about our product, a part of design and human centered design is it's, it's stories. It's the, it's the single stories and the single, single anecdotes. And so when we design this product, a part of designing it was talking to people, was having people co-create this with us and really listening to their stories, understanding their situations and trying to design these products on a like individual by individual basis. And so that is something back to that human behavior and human psychology. I think we're all test cases, but the best products and best companies take those individual cases and really try to design for them and think about them. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, And that is why I, I talk in this podcast about the stories and the science behind Mm -hmm. human longevity because they go together so well. So let's get into your story. We're going to talk about Full Sleep, which is the product. The company is Coco Labs. Could you maybe just give me a a quick outline of Coco Labs, how it started, what it exists for and what the aspirations are? Yeah, I can start. And then Luca was one of the original individuals to join. So he might have some good stories from back in the day. Right. Um, so the company itself started over five years ago now in the Bay Area. It was founded by a couple individuals that had experienced through their family, loved ones that struggled with different aspects of aging and being able to maintain their independence. Um, and so it was really rooted in you know, very personal stories to try to, to, to help the loved ones they had in their lives. Uh, and so this group got, what ended up happening is they got this group together of experts across disciplines. You've met, you know, Luca is a, is a leading expert. He's too modest, but he's a leading expert in AI. And we have folks from different disciplines, from design, from products, from marketing from, um, you know, cognitive behavioral and psychology. They got together and really thought about how do we take 
the most novel technology? And how do we think about applying that to problems that are in people's lives? And so the the Cocoa Labs itself was really grounded and founded around taking radar technology and trying to apply it to problems in the aging space. There was a lot of the work the team did over the past five years to figure out what the right first product was. We did some work around fall detection, but where we landed with our first product was around sleep. And that was a really exciting first use case for us to build. But Luca probably has some great stories from from early days. Yeah, so when I met uh, some of the co-founders, they um, uh, they were just out of Stanford doing PhDs for like some uh, some crazy um, you know advanced technology that they could barely talk about. And um, the idea was to take some of those findings and uh, and bring them into into a consumer application. Um, yeah, like Rosaria said, uh, it wasn't even clear what the re- what the first use case was because this technology has broad applications. When I, I actually also want to make a point, when we say radar, in a sense, uh, there there is that kind of lineage to um, almost like what people think about the radars that are used to track airplanes or like the militaries are using to intercept missiles and all of that. But in reality. You know, the, the physics is the same, but like uh, when you're taking something that like, you know, spins on top of like a, a aircraft carrier and you're trying to squeeze it down uh, to like a tiny little box, uh, you're effectively changing everything, including the amount of power you're emitting. Because, you know, of course, you know, we do not want to fry our users. So the power is so low, right? It is like even much below, say, your Wi-Fi or much below your 5G phone, right? And so, you know, when when you're trying to collect data from that, right, you need to re-engineer all the system from scratch, right? And to do it at consumer level, um, it's a big endeavor. So when I first uh, uh, joined the team, um, we're just four or five people and uh, we just rent a small office and we didn't even have the internet connection. And I'm a big data kind of guy, so I cannot just work out of the Mac. And, and, you know, we didn't have, you know, big funding. So we literally went in there and started to wire up the office and, you know, get like GPUs and, and uh, motherboards off Amazon. And we start building, you know, and that was much fun for me because, well, I'm a techie, I'm an engineer. Um, you know, of course I do AI, but I like all sorts of technologies. And, um, you know, there was really this kind of like garage, uh, you know, uh, feeling that you often hear about like uh, Silicon Valley early teams while working on extremely bleeding edge technology. So it was much fun. And it still is, you know, we're a bigger, much bigger team now. But like this whole approach that is so characteristic of the Silicon Valley of finding like interesting application and matching them with bleeding edge technologies and then literally just going there with your hands and your brain and build stuff. That's that's what's so so amazing, you know, of the startup scene in, in the Valley, in my, in my opinion and experience. So really interesting background there to the company. Let's talk about Full Sleep and really dive into it from the beginning, what it is, how it works, what your aspirations are. Yes, I will. The, the best way I can describe it and the easiest way I can describe it is it's like having a sleep coach in your bedroom with you as you're overnight. So if you're struggling to sleep, you have someone there who's kind of guiding you and helping you to fall back to sleep. So one of the, hopefully that makes sense. Um, but that's kind of like the, one of the, and maybe you have a follow-up question, but like that to me is one of the easiest ways to just kind of picture it in your mind. And just to then break that down, what is in the bedroom 
with you. This is not attached to your body like some devices are. This isn't a, a, a wristband. It isn't a, a ring. It isn't a headband. It's, it's actually sitting by the side of your bed, the hardware. Yes. So this is one of the... It, it honestly feels like magic for someone who is not a tech person. It feels it feels like magic. So you don't have to wear anything. You don't have a watch. You don't have to have a ring. It's not in your phone. There's no screen. It's a, essentially the size, approximately the size of a water bottle. And it sits next to your bed. It looks like a little speaker. And this device does a few things. One, it will track your sleep. So it does all the things that the, the watch might do or the ring might do. So it keeps track of your, your sleep, how many times you get up during the night, you know, when you've gone to bed, when you get up in the morning. So it does all of that. So it tracks your sleep without having to wear anything. But then what it also does is it provides this guidance in the moment. So it can sense when you're getting in bed and when you're ready to sleep. And it will automatically play, for example, a, a wind down for you. So guided meditation or guided relaxation to help you fall asleep. So you don't have to remember to press anything. You don't have to look at screens. You don't have to bring your phone in the bed. But it has these different, we call them interventions, but it has these different moments where it guides you through these different techniques that will ultimately, when you practice them and you build habit around them, they will help you sleep better. An obvious question that comes to mind is, how can it track you? How can it make from its hardware and its software, how can it make an association with you? And, and obviously, bear in mind, many people don't sleep alone. There could be, yes. well, two people in that bedroom. How does it focus on you? Luca, this sounds like one for you. Yeah. First of all, we see and we don't see. That's important because, well, you don't want to have a camera in your bedroom, right? So this is not a camera. We don't see. Uh, there is no concept of pixel, you know. We're not infrared. We don't see at night, you know. But we can uh, detect tiny movements and we can detect where they come from. And based on that, we can uh, reconstruct the activity in an environment, in this case, in the bedroom. So by using advanced algorithms, including AI-based algorithms, we can uh, map out the situation in the room. And we can tell, you know, where the primary sleeper is and where the secondary sleeper is. So based on that, uh, we can then just zero in on the main uh, sleeper and, uh, and and track that specifically sleep patterns. And so the focus is the, the primary individual, the, the secondary sleeper, as you put it, has nothing to do with it. it that person is, is incidental. They are not dictating in any way how the device responds to you. Yeah, we're basically trying to filter it out. I mean, you know, this is a product decision, you know, we're assuming uh, and I may be like, uh, Rosaria, you should, you should uh, discuss about that. You know, we, we're assuming that, you know, we have, uh, we are focusing on one single person. And so if there is a second person, uh, we want to filter it out and we have the capabilities to do that. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. 
This is the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. Our guests are Rosaria Manino and Luca Rigazio from Coco Labs. We're talking about Full Sleep, a program that helps people reimagine their long-term relationship with sleep with the help of a new non-wearable device that sits by your bed. So, Rosaria, having acknowledged and accepted that the device is, is monitoring you, it is giving you signals in terms of music and a, a wind down and it's following your behaviour. How then, let's move to the next step. How can this device be used to improve your sleep? Yeah, so this device is kind of the foundation to us personalising a programme around around you. And and our program, so the second kind of pillar we have our device, the second pillar of our product is a customized program that we deliver via our app. Uh, and that programming is grounded and based in CBTI, the other acronym um, that you mentioned. So cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And this is a proven evidence-based program and protocol that has been used for years to help people improve their sleep. Um, so what we've done is we've taken these principles that have been, that is evidence-based, that have been proven time and time again. And what we've done is we've added technology to it and added data to it. So we can actually create a customized program for you based on what we're seeing through the device. And so this is really great. And kind of, you can imagine it as a loop, a feedback loop. So the device will see things. And based on that, will recommend certain content, will recommend certain aspects of the program, then we can see through the device if you're following these behaviors and habits that we recommend, right? And then we modify if they're not working for you, we might suggest something else, or we'll celebrate when it does work for you and we'll give you feedback through the data that is working. And so this is really cool loop that happens where it's, we're not just presenting you with data um, where you're like, I don't know what to do with this. What we're actually using that data to modify the recommendations and suggestions and guidance we give to you through the app. And so there's this really great feedback loop that happens between the device and our program itself. And I think it is important to stress, as you just said, that CBTI has been around for some time. And what is obviously crucial is going to be the feedback and the way in which the individual is advised to, the suggestion is made to change aspects of their lifestyle as it relates to sleep. So what what kind of interventions are likely to be involved in improving that process? Yeah, so there's a series of interventions that are used in CBTI, um, and some tend to be more effective than others, but it's very person-dependent, it's very person-specific. So the, the pillars of CBTI, there's cognitive. So this is really unpacking, as we talk to behavior and human psychology, this is unpacking the negative associations and thoughts that you have with sleep. So the, the really unfortunate part about sleep challenges is it's this vicious cycle. So what happens is you, you stress about not being able to sleep and your mind kind of races. And so you're in bed and that stress and anxiety around not being able to sleep actually makes it hard for you to sleep. And it's this negative thought loop and thought kind of cycle that you get into that's really hard to break. And so a big pillar of CBTI is to actually work with you on unpacking those negative thoughts. So that's one. The second is around behavior change. And so there's habits that you build that you, you know, they're habits. We, they're hard for us to undo. And there's some habits that are more detrimental to your sleep uh, than others. So one, for example, is you might lie in bed for hours not sleeping. 
And that happens. If you have an insomnia and you can't sleep, you might be lying in bed doing other things, reading on your phone, tossing and turning. But what happens is you are no longer associating your bed with sleep. So it's kind of the, the Pavlovian dog bell response. So if you no longer associate your bed with sleep, it gets harder for you to feel sleepy when you're in the bed. And so part of our intervention, one of our interventions is called bed reset. It's kind of our term for it, but stimulus control. And what happens is you should actually get up out of bed after 20 minutes if you haven't been sleeping in bed. Uh, That's really hard to do in the middle of the night. It's hard to know how long you've been awake for lying in bed. And it's really not fun if it's cold outside. I live live on the East Coast. If it's cold and you don't want to get out of bed. But our device can sense that you have been awake for 20 minutes or more. And we nudge you through light and sound to get up out of bed. And then we celebrate if you've actually done that. Um, So that's another example of how kind of device, but other pillars really around behavior and habit change. Um, so these are a couple a couple examples. Um, something core to all of this. So obviously we have our program, we have our device, but we do have a sleep coach. Um, so something that we are we really believe is that technology is very crucial and important, but we also want to combine it with human coaching. So throughout the entire program, it's very much self-guided, but you also have a sleep coach that you can reach out to if you have questions, someone that's kind of checking in on you and helping to hold you accountable. So that's another kind of third third important component for our program. Luca, could I maybe ask you a, a safety question? I'm sure safety is a, an issue that will come to mind for many people. When you're talking about having yet another device in your bedroom that is in some way communicating with you through radar. You you did touch on this earlier, but maybe you could elaborate in terms of how safe this device is. Yeah, and you know, this is is a concern for sure uh, in people's minds, right? Like um, you're, you're yet again adding another device in your life, you know, how safe it is. The thing is, we were using um, radar frequencies or radio frequencies that um, are very high. They really tend to uh, bounce off things. They don't really penetrate. And also, we have an extremely low um, power. The amount of like um, power these, these radio waves carry is a fraction of your Wi-Fi. And, and it's like a tiny, tiny fraction of like your phone. So... Even if you put your phone on airplane mode and you just keep it next to you, you're probably getting a, a comparable amount of radiation than our device emits. And if you have a Wi-Fi on in the house, well, there you have it. Same thing. And as I mentioned also, you know, because Wi-Fi needs to travel through longer distances, right? It tends to penetrate things much, much more, right? So this is, uh, this is extremely uh, safe. And, uh, and it's something that, you know, we are also very concerned about and we're always testing and making sure we don't go over any recommended power limits, which are already very low. And we try to stay even below those, even though it makes our life harder. And what about other devices? Uh, We all have devices all around the house and including our bedroom and most likely a phone sitting by the bed. Is A, there any likelihood of interference with the phone or B, should the phone not be there at all? What about the the alarm clock? What about the, the other digital device that you might have sitting? Maybe you have an aura ring or something else that you've been using for some time and don't necessarily want to give up. Is it compatible with full sleep? Yeah, we're more concerned about fish tanks. 
it's a little bit of a joke, but it isn't. So if you put your device uh, behind the fish tank, uh, it's probably, you know, going to see, you know, the fish tank and potentially the fishes, but not you. So anything else were pretty good. There are situations where, yeah, my mom likes to bring a big bottle of like uh, sparkling water to bed. When she goes to sleep, I might uh, have to uh, remind her not to put that in between her and the device. But as long as the device has a view of you, the main uh, sleeper, we're good. And uh, it acts at completely different uh, frequencies than uh, any of your typical devices, much higher frequencies, as I mentioned. So they tend not to, to interfere. And even the microwave, for instance, doesn't interfere with us. So we're pretty safe in that, uh, in that regard. One thing to add, though, we do encourage in the program that people do not sleep with their phones in the bedroom. Um, and actually, a lot of people who do struggle with insomnia tend to intentionally keep their phones outside the bedroom because they know if they can't sleep, they'll grab it and kind of start rabbit holing. Um, and we have designed our device to have an alarm clock. So this is something that as part of the program, we do recommend a certain bed and wake time given the what we're seeing of your sleep. Um, but you can also modify it. So uh, we wanted to, to further design it. So another another reason why you shouldn't have your, your phone in the bed uh, is that you can actually rely on the device as your alarm clock as well. One thing that interests me in this is that obviously a lot of people who are struggling with their sleep, who are clearly the most likely to use this device, may well be trying other interventions that work to some extent for them, but maybe not 100%. Now, that could be pharmaceutical, it could be CBD oil, it could be any number of other interventions that people feel as if they are getting some benefit. To use full sleep, do they have to deny all those previous interventions, or is there room to to mix and match? Yeah, that's a great question. So, we do encourage people when they're trying the program, if they can stop some, we've heard CBD, we've heard, you know, marijuana, some, a, a lot around trying to help with that only because we really think to improve your sleep, you have to, it, it's these deeper things that we've talked about, the behaviors and the, and the mindsets and the feelings. So it's something we encourage you to wean off or stop, but it's not something that there's any risk of kind of contraindication, if you will, um, between people that are already trying some techniques and seeing some benefit. I would say that the large majority of people that we've spoken to have tried at least one other Thing in the past, a white noise machine, like you said, CBD oil, meditation, you name it. This is not their first rodeo. They often are experts in, in sleep, have read a lot, have tried a lot. But it really is with us what we've seen is it's the combination of things and the customization of things that really make this time around and this 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 product and this program to have the impact that I think they've been looking for that they haven't been able to have from piecing together some other other tools or techniques. So you have a, a six-week program, which is quite an intense program in that you encourage loyalty to the program every single night to get maximum effects. Could you just talk me through those six weeks and how they unroll? Yeah, so we have we have six weeks. It is self-paced. Um, we do have daily lessons, like you said, that we encourage you to do. They're short. You can do them in a couple minutes. They're hopefully very engaging. They have little quizzes meant to be very informative. Part of this is educating educating folks to the science behind sleep and why they're struggling to sleep. So really making sure that that people have that that education, that understanding. Um, so there's these quick little lessons. You're also asked in the morning to fill out what is called 
a sleep log. So this is a really key piece to track your progress and to be able to assign and bed awake time in for you. Um, but this is something that our product and our, our device actually helps to pre-populate. So we see certain, we see the, the data, we see when you've woken up and gone to bed. And so we just ask you to confirm. So we make that step very easy for you. And then we just ask that you try the different techniques that we guide you through each night. So you'll read a lesson, it'll teach you about a certain technique, and then at night, the device will automatically guide you through that technique through, through you know, whether it's an audio wind down or, um, as I mentioned, kind of another technique overnight. Um, so we make it very easy for you to try out these habits. Again, you learn about it in the lesson. You can try it out at night through the device. And it, there's, a, there's a reason why it takes six weeks. Some people will see benefits sooner. Some people may even need up to eight weeks. Um, it really depends how much, how much they're struggling with sleep, and it depends how, freak, how much they're trying these different techniques and really putting it into practice. Um, but most of the audience that we have, they've struggled for years, sometimes 10 years with sleep issues. Um, so it does take a little bit of time and it takes motivation and, you know, it, it takes that, that, um, kind of resolve uh, and that effort to really try to see change. But it's important for us. We try to make it as easy as possible, um, for you to, to try out these techniques, to learn, to learn the behavior changes that you should try out um, and to put them into practice. And what if you don't sleep in the same bed every night? What if you travel a lot for work and you just simply have to move away? And perhaps during the process of traveling, your sleep patterns get disrupted and all of a sudden you find yourself in a hotel 300 miles away late at night and you might think, well, that's going to spoil everything. Does it? How do you accommodate that? Yeah, that's a great question because life happens and it's very hard that, you know, that six weeks can be kind of focused. So we do encourage people to not start the program until they, unless they feel they can really dedicate a chunk of time to it. So that is one thing. But our device, it is possible for you to bring the device with you if you're, if you're going someplace for another evening. There's just a process of which you re, re, um, establish it and you set it up and kind of retrain it. But we do try to encourage you to have a, a dedicated period of time where you can focus on it. If you get through the program and you, you know, life event happens, we ask you to contact us and we can we can put your program on pause and have you resume later on. So we do understand that life happens um, and we, we do have some opportunities to be flexible around that. Um, but we really think that people will, will really see the benefit if they can try to dedicate time, those six weeks to the program. Uh, it's something that we'll really have lasting results after. And what about two other things that clearly impact people's sleep, children and pets? I know one of my dogs at 1.30 in the morning just a couple of nights ago decided she really had to go out into the garden. She doesn't sleep in the bedroom, I hasten to add. But nevertheless, what I'm saying is things happen with other living creatures during the night and they too are going to disrupt your sleep. Yeah, so we... Right now, with our product as is, we are not able to support people who have, who must sleep with their pet in the bedroom. So that's something that, that it, people should know. I think that's something we're working on being able to support later on. Um, but we cannot support individuals who have their pets that need to sleep in the bed with them. Is that because of the, the movement? Yes. And, and Luca can speak to this. That's something that as we get more data and as we continue to prove our system, we will be able to filter out. But at this, at this current moment, that, that's an additional noise source that, that we're, we're not quite able to filter out. But Luca, I'm sure you can speak to the specifics. Yeah, my mom just found a, a, a little cat 
and she invited him in the house, him or her, we're not so sure yet. And she started to sleep with uh, with me. And um, yeah, sometimes she bites and, and I wake up in the middle of the night. So I'm sympathizing. <laughs> we're not really considering them as a target, so to speak, in our system. But we we can. We, we can uh, um, identify them. Uh, their um, vital signs are very different. Their breathing rate, their hearts you know so we we can we can clearly see their movements they're smaller uh, most of the time and so we think that the next generation of the product should uh, also consider you know pets in our system the, the question there would be how do we integrate it with the overall uh, you know user experience and uh, and program for for CBTI so again, we're not doing it now, but we have the potential to do that and, and introduce the, basically a pet you know, category into our system. And Luca, let me ask you this. We've heard a lot during the last 30 minutes or so about how the device essentially gathers data on what you're doing and, and how you're responding to the hours as they pass by during the night. And a concern of some people might be, well, who is monitoring that data? Where is it going? Where is it stored? Who has access to it? The, the usual sort of privacy concerns that people have about modern day technology. Yeah. So again, as an AI person, researcher, developer, I love data. Without data, we cannot make progress. So there is always a tension there about collecting data as much as possible and uh, empowering the user to do whatever they want with their data. So it's not really our data, it's the, the final user customer data. And uh, we want to allow them to, first of all, see it, visualize it in, when they want, download it, uh, you know, give full access to the data set, also remove it from our server. Um, as far as who will see it, um, at scale, this product should be pretty much uh, automated. So only algorithms should see it with few medical interventions. So the medical intervention, you can think about it as what normal CBTI would be, where people would need to, um, you know, would be required to fill in a, a sleep log and uh, basically a sleep log and, you know, adding a bunch of like information about uh, their lives that could condition their, their, their sleep and then share that with, with the physician. So n nothing different from that, but um in a in a slightly more uh, you know modern form through uh, through algorithms and, and AI and then uh, um, whatever is on the server we certainly want to to use uh, with the 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 customer permission to improve our system because this benefits them as well as everybody else but you know if they uh, want to opt out they should certainly be allowed to opt out at the end of the 6 week program you know we can delete that data and just make it go away interesting so rosaria in conclusion i think a lot of people who have issues with their sleep and as we've said many people struggle for many years would go into this skeptical they will think well this is just another device it's not even attached to me how can it possibly work so i'm curious people listening to this? How can they experience this device and try it out for themselves? It is at the beginning of the, the marketing stage for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we are, we have a pre-launch that we're working on now. Um, so pre-order campaign where individuals can go to fullsleep.com and are able to apply 
uh, and then ultimately purchase the the program, which includes the device and the coaching app as well. So right now we're offering it for a discounted price of $120. Originally, it'll be $360. That's only good for our first 100 units. Um, so we're really at, at the beginning of our product of our program, but it's it's a very exciting time for us. I think that we have... We've talked to so many people that have tried, like you said, have tried so many things, and there is a healthy dose of skepticism, but there is also a motivation and desire to fix their sleep. We have talked to very few people who have given up. They're looking for an answer. They're still looking for a solution. I think for us, this is this is taking cutting-edge technology, as Lucas said, and combining it with something that has been proven time and time again to work. Um, so our, our early studies show that this is extremely effective and extremely easy for people to comply to and stick with. And so this, I mean, we're, we're very excited to be able to get these first 100 units in the hands of people and to be able to help people with their sleep. And so those 100 units are available now over the next few weeks. Yes. And I, I guess what will be very vital valuable for you is is the feedback from those early users. You, you, you've been working on this for a very long time, but out there in the real world, I guess it's going to be interesting to see how people respond. Yes, that's why we do what we do. Is that we we um, we're looking for feedback. We really want to create a product that helps people. Uh, and so, like you said, part of these hundred units, we're really excited to get it into people's hands so we can make it better. Uh, we know this is this is the first version of our product, as Luca mentioned, and a lot of work has gone into it up to now, a lot of user research, a lot of studies, a lot of pilots, but we know that there's more we want to do to improve it. Uh, and so we're very excited to get these in people's hands so we can make it even better and create even more products um, to help even more folks you know, be able to actually sleep well. Well, coming full circle back to where we started, I really think sleep is so crucially important, not just for your everyday health, but this is a podcast about human longevity and what it's going to be like in a decade's time or three or four decades time as human beings. And I think if we sleep well now and tomorrow and and the next day, that is is key to living a long and healthy life. Yeah, this is if there is anything to invest in from a human, from a personal perspective, to me, this work has just shown me like if you if you focus on nothing else in terms of your health, sleep is the thing to focus on. Hundred percent, the impact on your mental health, on your physical health, on your future health, on your ability to have not only live longer but live a better life, live a fuller life, live the life you actually want to live. Sleep is hands down has the most impact on on all of those desires. So this is. From a self-help, um, I, I try everything under the sun. Uh, sleep is a is hands down the most important, most important thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Rosaria, Luca. Thank you both very much indeed. This has been really, really interesting. Thank you very much, and I hope you have a good night's sleep tonight. I thank you both. I look forward to certainly following the progress of a full sleep over the coming months, and hopefully trying it out for myself. The full details of everything we've been talking about are available in the show notes for this episode, including how you can pre-order Full Sleep with a discount for its limited launch period, which is right now, and try it out for yourself. I'd be very interested to hear how you get on. You'll find the details at our website, llamapodcast.com. That's double L-A-M-A, podcast.com. The Llama Podcast is a HealthSpan media production in social media. We're at Llama Podcast. You can contact me at Peter Bowes. We'll be back with another episode very soon. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. 
And as Rosario just said, sleep well. FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Rud. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.